Hi, I'm Margie. Hi, I'm Michelle. Welcome to God in the Real World. Avatar, may her baba ki jay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God in the Real World. I'm Michelle, and I am joined by my ever fabulous. Uh, <laughs> I always get so anxious whenever I do this. I know. Ever fabulous, beautiful, just like phenomenal, strong woman co host, Margie Connor. Margie, say hi to our fans. Oh. Thank you so much, fans. <laughs> Michelle, thank you. <laughs> I feel like, Michelle, I've listened back to the last couple episodes, and we both just use the same adjectives to describe each other. Every time. <laughs> because we're running out of things to say. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of The God in the Real World. Love you, Michelle. Um, we have a very exciting guest today who is going to take us on an adventure that Michelle and I probably will never go on in our own lives. <laughs> So today we are joined by Marwan Keller, who's going to talk about the metaphysics of what Baba said. Say hi, Marwan. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm Marwan Keller, just like y'all heard. Oh, <laughs> my God. I just kicked the table by. Oh, no. Okay, nothing Perfect. broke. Nothing broke. Um, my toe is probably also not broken, but yeah. Everybody, um, <laughs> so great to be here. Um, yeah, uh, very excited to be here um, and share a bit of, I guess, what you'd call metaphysical knowledge on our Lord and Savior, Meher Baba. <laughs> our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm just going to be giggling the entire episode? I feel like I'm already... I'm well, I, I think I think that would be fabulous if, if that's not <laughs> I, I think it's so great because Marijuana has, like, if you guys don't know Marijuana personally, he has this one side that's, like, really shy and kind of demure, but then as soon as you, like, put him on stage, you're like, where did this human come from? Mm-hmm. So so true. It's like, it's still, like, you know, nerve-wracking a little bit, but it's, like, nerve, it's, like, nervousness that I can channel into, like, uh, I don't know. Some, yeah, yeah, presentation <laughs> type of vibe, I guess. I don't know. I, I love lost, it. I lost my line there, but something, right. something along those lines. Something funny. That's what you meant to say. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Um, well, Marwan, so before we get into talking about metaphysics, we do want to give you a chance to, number one, we want to hear your favorite Baba quote, and then also, mm-hmm. you can give us a little bit of background on your Baba story, how you came to Baba, and, you know, just a, just a little blurb on you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sounds really good. Um Favorite Baba quote is kind of classic. Um, Do your best and don't worry. Be happy, my love. I will help you. Mm. Um, and it's one of those that everybody says a lot, but is, in my opinion, often overlooked because we still do worry a lot. And we always come up with numerous excuses to keep on worrying and justifying our worry. And it's only very recently that uh, I've actually found how big of a message that was from Baba one of the most compelling messages he had was to not worry. And we still do it. And um, I'm trying very hard to, yeah, not worry about almost anything. I don't think there's almost anything that is worth worrying about. Worrying about. So it's, yeah, that's, that's something I've been trying to live with um, just in the last few months. Well, so what do you, I mean, I'm just curious, what do you do to help yourself not worry? Um, I think I just have to kind of, uh, I think, I realized I never granted myself sort of power over my own mind uh, or allowed myself to be an authority over myself. Um, I could always not worry if, if someone I trusted 
kind of reassured me that it was okay. I just felt like, oh, I should be the one ultimately that needs to do that for the fundamental stuff. I need to be able to reassure myself. And uh, I started doing that. I started thinking like, okay, like in any moment where I start, so I was like, what is actually going to happen? Just kind of really going through situations that seem intense or stressful. And usually the consequences um, do not equal any sort of the worry that I have. Like there really aren't consequences that actually bother me that much for most things, but I just have it in my mind that something bad's going to happen in an intense situation. And most of the time throughout my life, I've realized that's never happened. I think, Probably even bigger than that is that I kind of equated worry to uh, care. Mm. And I felt that if I stopped worrying about things that I wouldn't care for them. And that was something that I started doing was I started replacing care with worry. And I realized that was, that was one of the biggest mistakes I could have. Mm. And actually, I like, you know, speaking to not worrying, I'm, I'm not, it's not even something that I'm going to worry about it of having made what I would call a mistake because it wasn't even a mistake. It was just, mm. you know, being on a, a path because there aren't really mistakes in that sense. But yeah, just something that I realized that I could have been doing better was to first not worry and then the care will come for things and I will care for things in a far better way than I did if I was worrying about them. Oh. It's like helping a friend with something that's important to them and you can do it selflessly without worrying about the consequence but doing it in a very caring way because you want the best for them, but not being afraid of what will happen if it doesn't get solved because you really just trust that you are doing it as best you can. And I think that's something we can do for ourselves and something that I've been trying to do for myself to actively replace worry with care. And, and that's, that's kind of my, my main, I guess, strategy for not worrying is just knowing that it doesn't serve me and that it won't make wow. me care more. Wow, that's really beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Marijuana. I think that's oh, yeah, really helpful sure. too, because I do think that sometimes, like what you're saying, how people equate caring to like worrying to caring. Yeah. When it's like, actually, if you really care about somebody, you know Bob has got it, and so you kind of trust that they're taken care of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it really is all taken care of. Like it's a, uh, it really is just happening how it's supposed to. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, uh, again, before we get into metaphysics, which. Michelle can ask you all of her metaphysical <laughs> questions because she loves God's beaks. Um, can you tell us just a little bit of like, you know, your experience? Because I know you, you were born into a Baba family. So if you could talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that and then how you came to Baba, Baba kind of on your own. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was born in a Baba family and it kind of seems like it was, it was similar to like a lot of um, uh, Baba people's upbringing where we were just kind of involved in the uh, the center and we, you know, made our trips to Maribot, and it was just a huge part of my early life. Where it was like, I was surprised to find out that most kids my age didn't know about Baba. Like, mm. I would, I almost thought of it how most people thought of like, like you know, if, if someone else was in a church, they just thought of it as like, this is how people are. This is their, this is life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like when I was like seven that I found out like, okay, yeah, this is actually something that stands out. And I think it was something that I took to be the truth, just automatically for the first bit of my life and it still always felt like the truth later but I think I sort of started like um I guess in adolescence like you know thinking like well why if if this is the truth why is it not there for everybody why why do not why why do other people not see it that way am I missing something 
why do I have, why am I in such a special place where I get the truth and other people don't? And mm-hmm. so that was kind of like, you know, kind of when I like straight on my own and did my own thing for a bit and still cared for, for Baba, but just, you know, it was in the back of my mind a bit. And I think a few years ago, uh, it's, it, it, he really spontaneously started to come back in my life when it felt like I could actually feel something. And it, I guess it was never really about receiving anything in particular, but like, yeah, allowing my worries to kind of fall to the side, knowing that it really was all just fine. Um, and that's kind of when I started really looking into things and reading the discourses and then later God speaks to try to understand what was going on. Cause it all of a sudden was like a powerful drive for like, well, what is out there? What is the truth? And it felt like this is the only real place I could look. And um, that's, yeah, I guess that's kind of the gist of, of how that all went. Here I am. Um, it's something that feels like a part of my life in a, a way that's not like, you know, um, not with any practices or rituals. I, I you know, I don't actively like, um, say the prayers on a daily basis but it's just every moment moment of my life now has this piece of it where it's like um i'm still doing what i'm doing but it's in relation to the the trunk of the tree which is baba and i'm just Mm -hmm. on the the branch of life where it's like i'm still on the branch i'm doing everything involving the branch but i'm very much more more aware that the trunk is really what i'm on even if I'm associating with a branch more. Wow, that's really beautiful. I love that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Marijuana. I, I, I feel sure. like like we asked you to come on for metaphysics, but now I'm like, dang, let's just talk about some <laughs> other Bob stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything that comes up, like, um, I, I think it's all really fun to talk about. And I think they all kind of like tie hand in hand. Like to me, like that really does have to do with the metaphysics. What I was just talking about, I think seeing the metaphysics in a lifelike way was like that big thing because it it all seemed like this cosmic craziness going on in the background like okay like i don't know anything about that just words on a piece of paper describing it but then it it does take shape in life once you start looking at it like that i think yeah wow that's really cool um so with that being said i know michelle and i gave you a prompt of kind of like what are your top five coolest things that you can tell people because i've not read god speaks Michelle, have you read it? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I have read parts of it. I was saying, I've said this on other podcasts, but I was telling Marijuana before we got on here and Margie, I was saying that I think God Speaks is a prank book. Um, <laughs> because when I read it, it's like I'm reading the same, the, the same words in different orders. Like, I feel like there's like, like all these things where it's like, the life is not the the blue, it's the red. And then it's like, the blue is the red, is the life. And I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, written, it's written in this very specific way. It was very frustrating to read it. Um, cause it, it doesn't, um, it's not kind of written to flow. I think there's kind of a reason for that, that it's like, um, it's, it's kind of hammering things in over and over again. It's kind of like that experience like Baba had with the Mondali, where it's like, not they're not like the Mondali during that whole like like 
through a, through a lot of their challenges, they were not like necessarily always happy and comfortable with like the work they were given, but it's just yeah. pounded in like that they just repeated this action over and over, these actions over and over again, um, because they could see clear to the, I guess, end. Um, I think that's kind of like God speaks. It's, it's, it's not trying to impress with any sort of poetry. It's not going to sound, it's not like the words are not going to dance in a way like, but it's like just that rep- repetition where it might even be uncomfortable to kind of read. But yeah, I guess that's kind of like the way I'm, I'm looking at it where it's, yeah, I, it, I, it's kind of just tough to get through. No, I love that. And I, that's why I'm like, I feel like it's one of those things where I like was getting more frustrated trying to read it than mm. like anything else. And I was like, you know yeah. what? This isn't just, this just isn't for me at this time. In my life. Yeah, I think, like you don't need to ever read the books. Like, like I think a lot of people kind of like equate that with like, well, how knowledgeable of a baba lover are you? How yeah. like committed are you? It's like, oh, some people like, like any anyone who would brag about how many how much they've read about it, I don't know. That's kind of, I don't know. See, doesn't seem to be within the, I guess, the mindset of of all of it. Like it's there's no way of quantifying it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like all right, like you can know all that stuff without having to read a single page of it. You can just, it's uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, the way I think about God speaks is kind of like, Baba is all compassion i mean so baba did say that there was spiritual charge in the book itself right like i think he said it was spiritually beneficial just to read the words on the page yeah put so much energy into it but the way i see it is like i don't have a particularly like strong intellectual relationship with the world and so i don't really like god speaks doesn't excite me but the way i see god speaks is that for those of his lovers who are very intellectually based it's just like another way for them to occupy their intellect with Baba rather than like, you know, some other scholarly research. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. I think that um, many people simply probably don't need to read it. I, I found like after I read it, I understood things that I couldn't have on my own, but then I realized people that I talked to already understood that without ha- having read it. Mm-hmm. That they, you know, maybe don't know all the specific terms that are used in the book or the, like how, how specifically how many lifetimes, but I, I, that's not really the substance of it. But some yeah. people are living in accordance with what that book says and they have never read it. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it was something that was put there for someone like me who didn't start off feeling like that. And I, I had to dig myself in, but I think a lot of people were already there. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. Um, so Michelle and I did give you a bit of a prompt, which was like one mm-hmm. of the top five things that are like cool about yeah. God speaks. And so I know you said that it's like hard to quantify just five things, but if like, we're going to give you the floor to kind of share what you, cause the thing is Michelle and I are never going to like do a whole episode where we explain about God speaks. So for our <laughs> listeners, <laughs> what do you think is like some of the coolest stuff that's really been like, number one that you've seen in real life? And then also just been really interesting to you. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I think I think there's there's so many things to start with um, that it's kind of like yeah, if it just it will definitely flow wherever it's gonna flow. Um, but I think just starting with the very very basic um, um, concepts um, that I think are not even like they're not locked away. And God speaks a lot of the other little things that will come up like as we talk are more specifically mentioned. At, if you really get into it, but like the overarching concepts are all stuff that 
we really know about, which is just, yeah, like the progression of the soul, how that all starts and how Sanskaras play into that progression is kind of the, that's like the, to me, the trunk of the tree and everything else from that are just branches. Hmm. Uh, I think everything else that I could like talk about are just very much intertwined with that. Um, so I think that's probably like a, a good place to start. Um, I'm not sure if that's something I should do a brief overview of or. Yeah, go for it. I also just, yeah. for all of our listeners, so just so okay. everybody who listens knows, Marwan is a counselor at the Yusahavas and he helped run the metaphysical talk. And so he had a lot of campers like asking him questions that he was really, he was able to answer really well. And so I think Michelle and I can kind of prompt you with some of those questions. But let me say it like this. I am in the beyond, beyond God state, and I'm about to embark on the journey of the soul. Can you, like, walk me through what, what that looks like? Mm, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of um, where it starts with this, like, uh, I guess, like, the, the original whim type of idea, like this little tinge of God um, wanting to know God's self uh, in a way. And kind of like the, the way I like to look at that is, like, there's, like, the, the two types of consciousness. Like, there's the egoless consciousness, which is God, like this just ever-flowing consciousness, but without a need to analyze itself, which I guess is why we're here, to, you know, God to analyze God's self. But, um, yeah, that's where it starts, this little tinge, um, this little vibration, if you will, almost. Like, uh, we're, yeah, God wants to know God's self, and that's when um, the consciousness, like a little piece of that consciousness starts off on this um, journey to very slowly understand first itself and then to understand itself as God. And upon like kind of rejoining, it's, you know, God now has this ability to see itself in a way. I, I kind of like look at that as like um, a, a good parallel would kind of be like just nature in the sense that mm-hmm. for humanity, nature, what was, you could have looked at the whole earth as one giant being um, semi-conscious of itself, but not really. It's like something that's operating on with all this depth and awareness, but not really able to see itself. And then people come from nature and are just as much part of nature as nature itself. But somehow we've sort of decided to see ourselves as separate and we, um, you know, go off on our own path and we disrupt the original balance and whatnot. And at the end of the day, maybe we think back like, oh, we're just as much of a part of nature as all of this. Um, and nature kind of just like, yeah, it's like we created ourselves to feel separate from, I guess, the, the original creator, which is also us, like just nature. We're just, it's all part of that same system, but we feel separate. Almost like nature created us to understand itself. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of how like I like to look at all of that. Like, oh. Well, we really are just God. We're just, you know, that little tinge that got created to start us off. And then we go through the progression of consciousness in all these, like, different states. Um, is that something we, we should cover, like, just the different um, states of the soul? Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. cover it all. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's uh, consciousness goes out and starts off as uh, gaseous forms. And um, these gaseous forms, I guess, in a sort of cosmic way, are considered to be very powerful. Um, 
can't remember if like it was ever said what forms they take, but um, I think one could maybe even think of them as like the stars. Uh, they are like the f- basic fabric of like just pure energy, like energy being channeled into this like gaseous expression, like very, very like not not very conscious, but just raw energy making up the fabric fabric of illusion, like providing the the just the energy that we need. So like a lot of the, the first states of the soul are just kind of the makeup of sort of like the playground of um, illusion. Like the gaseous state starting off as like the stars provide the energy for, for everything that we see. And then later becoming, the soul becomes stone. And basically, yeah, just the makeup of the planets that we live on, all part of the, the fabric of the universe. Very powerful, but yet not super conscious and the way in which the soul experiences those states um is unclear because it is you know it is all kind of like more hypothetical to us but i guess the way i would see it is like well if a soul has to be a stone it has to experience the nature of a stone so um everything that could be significant and which is um not just like a, a rock that you find but like the, you know like um, being carved into something or being made into something, being used for violence, even being used for um, a numerous thing. I think that's like the, the higher state of being like a rock would be probably being used by a person for, for a reason. Um, but yeah, just, just serving to be in any situation that a rock could be in as silly as that sort of sounds. <laughs> um, and metal is kind of the step up from that because metal is from the, the, the earth from the from the, the stone and it is now being used by conscious beings it is now being very expressly used for things that stones could have been but now it's like heightened it's like hmm. metal is much less commonly created in nature like you could find a chunk of iron somewhere um naturally but it's very much you know um still in the ore it's not taken form but metal is now something that we can create very intricate things from and put a little bit of us into. So metal now more than a stone can interact with other beings. And that's a very like key thing is like with the Sanskaras is you create these Sanskaras by also being in contact with um, other souls and um, lower beings or souls like, like the souls of like a, a chunk of metal, um, might actually have to wait a long time to have that experience of being crafted by a person into something. Uh, and it is a significant thing for them. It, it's kind of, you know, sets Sanskaras up for later. It, it creates Sanskaras for that, that metal to shape itself into uh, a person. And that is like, there's, there's this sort of sacred idea of like the human form that every thing you see is trying to like ha- contains that shape and is slowly working towards it. And as the creatures evolve, it is about just that the original whim is seeking to be um, in human form through every stage of it. Everything is trying to embody a human form. And yeah, then we finally get to um, actual life forms. So like plants is the first actual life that a soul gets to experience on its own, um, where it gets to change its own form all of a sudden, whereas metal could not. Uh, you, you have to live through something else. Now as a tree, you know, it's not 
quite up to you how you take form. It is still very environmental and stuff, but you are now kind of not just in the passenger seat a little bit. You have a form, and now you can grow towards this form. And, and trees start off as um, so the positioning of like say uh, the head of a being is very significant um, towards how far along it is, um, how high up um, a being's head is is sort of. Yeah, the, the main, as the soul progresses, the beings in which it inhabits have more and more upright uh, facing heads. So a, a tree's head spiritually is considered to be the, the root system. Wow. Um, so it's fully upside down. Yeah, um, I think that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is cool. It's like flips up as it goes. But it is fully down um, spiritually. Um, oh, an interesting like kind of side tangent is like, um, within like each grouping, there's like, I guess, I, I don't remember if Baba used this, this exact term. I just heard this term being used, like, but the, like the, the Barzak or something like sort of where like each, um, type of each category of being has like one, um, one specific, um, I don't know, species or type that embodies like the final form. Like there's this one tree, I can't remember what it's called, where its spiritual head is at the top. And if you actually cut the top of the tree off, it will die. Um, So it's considered to be one of those. Um, Same with a couple other like species going along, but yeah. Um, Next would be sort of like the, um, I guess what Baba categorized as worms, (laughs) like not bugs, not like one specific thing, but the category of worms. So uh, um, creatures that crawl are all kind of in in the same spiritual category. Um, so like bugs, red reptiles, um, are all kind of considered crawling beings and they're in that same sort of like family. Um, so yeah, where their, their head is completely like horizontal and they are very close to the ground. That's also significant how close the head is to the ground. Um, but yeah, so they crawl. Um, and they're sort of what Bob called like semi-mechanical in the way that they are not, it's, it's not just not having an ego it's having almost no consciousness at all where almost every thing is now just um very unconscious expression very basic sense care is taking place but doing it without feeling too much like uh, the 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 actions of a worm are very uh quite devoid of like drive behind it but just like wandering and, and sort of like wandering and and without that slowly collecting developing these sense gears, um, which will express themselves more vividly later on. But it is all sort of that process of like, um, the sense gears really taking shape, um, which will come much more into play later. Um, and yeah, as the soul progresses, the, the head turns more and more up and um, it goes deep down. I think like the, like all a sort of, I guess, fish include, I guess, I think whales are <laughs> included in that. Um, it doesn't really follow our categorization of what a fish is, uh, but a spiritual fish. That's where they go spiritual next. Fish. Yeah, where, where a whale is not. A, a whale is a spiritual fish. fish. I love yeah, it. spiritually, a whale is a fish, <laughs> as Baba refers to them. Um, not uh, not by our categorization, but yeah. Um, next would be the birds, and they go way up, so they're almost like untethered, which is in itself like a reverse of the fish 
<laughs> like, but still like not bound to the earth. So they need to come back down in the shape of like of uh, an animal, as Baba calls it. Or not well, like a the more mammal, that you're but... talking, the more that I'm like realizing how hilarious this whole thing is. But <laughs> yeah, it all sounds like intrigued. it's all like a it's whole piece of movie, isn't it? Go for it. I'm so yeah, sorry no... to cut you off. Keep going. Oh no, no, you're good. Any anytime uh, y'all want to jump in, just go right ahead. Okay. And if anything comes up, like. Um, yeah, so as that goes and takes the animal form and it goes, um, increasing in, in sort of like, sort of now finally building this ego a little bit. The ego is like really developing now where it's not like super conscious, but there's like this little hint of knowing oneself in animal form, especially like once you get up to the top forms, which I think are, uh, dogs, horses, and monkeys, where now it's like these creatures are actually kind of aware of themselves and they're not just sort of following a path that's laid out for them to have like this little idea of self-control. And these um, animals are actually in a way very spiritually far along. They have a lot of depth of feeling that maybe humans don't even like dogs in particular. I think they rely a lot more on their heart than um, humans do. That is, something that's very significant about them they i think get some ass like i think I, I might be wrong on this um but what i've heard is they have some connection to the fifth plane to some degree where they're they're aware of things that humans almost entirely are not they have they're almost like they're very driven by heart they're very aware of how things feel something that we have to then relearn um and they're actually almost like at that point they're kind of like close to sort of being finished but well, now you kind of get into the human form where the ego fully develops and now has a craving to go back and untangle all these latent, like, sanskaras that were, you know, developed through these, like, primal forms. And one will still have all those drives, but now with full, like, like now with intellect there, now with an ego there and the wants and needs of yourself. And you have all these, like, sort of crude... Um, drives and urges and whatnot um, that takes the next eight million, I think, eight, I think eight million four hundred thousand lifetimes in in human form to actually develop and then unravel over and over and over again. God, um, that's yeah, that's a hard thing to yeah. accept. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's it sounds like I don't know. It sounds like a, a long, brutal path, <laughs> but. Every time the every time the uh, soul drops his body, it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, that wasn't too bad. I don't know if I want to do it again, but the sand scares are always there, and the soul always like just like, you know what? I want to try that again. Like, once you die, you're pretty much like, oh, I don't have to do this again, but like, I kind of want to. Do you know what I often you think about? Is like, basically. you know, the I feel like I wherever I was, like before I came into this body, must have been freaking mm. amazing and blissful because what I signed up for in this life, like there's no way I would have <laughs> signed up for it. <laughs> yeah. Blissed out of my mind. Yeah, that's probably what it is where it's like, like in an app, like there's parallels to that in everyday life where you, like you could have like a really great day where you're like, oh my God, everything bad is just actually not, super tough and i can go back and face this challenge again with this new outlook and then you're like wait damn i really just played myself (laughs) (laughs) it's like kind of what we're doing over and over again 
it's like we we get born like you're like a baby again you're probably like oh not again god god damn get out of here, why, did I, why did i do this to myself again <laughs> uh, sorry i keep interrupting you keep going oh no no keep, no no it's all good i want to like if, if if there's yeah just definitely jump in any anytime okay um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the overview of the progression of the soul and um, kind of everything kind of stems from there. Like the Sanskars are what are essentially directing all of that and motivating all of it. And that's the, the whole like challenge is every single thing we experience is just a culmination of those Sanskaras. Everything we see, the makeup of everything is just, yeah, just these like little threads as you can see them um, just tangling up in such detail that they make up what we see and feel entirely. I, I believe that is the only thing that affects our reality is that is the only thing we see, feel, and hear. Everything is just Sanskaras. That is the, that, that is the like, fabric, essentially. Like, so, like, how we look, how we feel, how we act, how we are, mm-hmm. that's all controlled by Sanskaras. So, like, basically, yeah. free will is not real. Um, I guess it kind of is and it isn't. Like, if it was real, it wouldn't matter because everything's like everything kind of just like there's a nature to it where everything is and it isn't it's like that weird duality where like duality in and of itself is like not real but in duality kind of covers everything of that category where it's like well that's why it's hard to like verbally express because it's like well it, none of this is real so technically we don't have free will because it doesn't exist in the first place but then it 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 does in another way it's like there's no good answer to it because any answer to these things would be dependent on duality existing. But since it doesn't, none of it's all kind of <laughs> void at that point. So I don't know, maybe we, we sort of have free will, but it seems like it doesn't really matter. Cause like, we're all still going to have the same amount of lifetimes. We're all still going to do the same stuff in those lifetimes. So it's like, maybe we do, but it, it seems like, yeah. What, what is it going to equate to? Well, the same thing. Okay, well, so then can I ask you, mm-hmm. oh, I have two questions. One, I'm going to back yeah. burner. My first question that I want you to answer afterwards is, how do we get out of it? So, like, can you explain the planes? Mm, yeah. And then my second question is, then, you know, Baba says so much about how, like, loving him gets us so much closer. And so it might, this might just be, like, an opinion thing, because I don't, I don't mm-hmm. really know if it's in God Speaks or whatever, but, like, does it really make any difference? You know, if we have a master, it's supposed to make our journey go faster. But if we have a predetermined 8,400,000 lifetimes, does it really make a difference? Ooh, yeah, that is a good question. Mm. Um, that is like, that is like kind of like that, that tough thing. But like, yeah, technically, um, it like, it needs to matter. For, well, the whole idea of mattering is why we're here. Like, if nothing mattered to us, we just would be done. That's like what Sanskrit's are, is this need to like have an answer to something that is answerless, a- answerless. So it, um, so like Baba like meets us on our level by mm-hmm. intertwining like himself with the Sanskaras because we sort of use the, San- like we look for our answers to, to we, we are searching for something that cannot be answered by the tools we have essentially, but we still look with them. And, and it's just kind of all part of that piece of the puzzle where like, it's another level of like sort of self-identified control over one's outcome with Baba, which I guess is necessary. Like we have to look in every wrong direction before we accept the right one, which is just not looking in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I think 
Baba laying it out for us is like us looking for God, identifying God, identifying all the, the factual stuff, but still looking for it through the the means we have, which is duality. And then eventually realizing like, oh, technically none of it matters. So like that, that whole concept of like, well, it doesn't matter if you know about Baba or if you sort of follow any sort of practices or find a master or this or that. I guess the real answer like for me is still like, well, it'll matter to you until it doesn't. And that's kind of up to you. Hmm. In a, in a way, not really, because you still have to like, <laughs> you know, try it again and again and again until you get, I think you just try it again and again until you eventually get bored of it and decide like, I'm going to try nothing, which is a pretty difficult thing to do. Like theoretically, if you do that sort of challenge, like the sit in the 40, in the circle for 40 days and 40 nights without eating, drinking or sleeping, like, yeah, like, you can actually find God that way, but Let's do it, Michelle. We should have a 40-day podcast yeah, where challenge. you and I just sit in the... Okay. <laughs> there we go. God realization challenge. Michelle and I can't even go like two hours of one, out wanting a snack. I don't know. We're going to make a new that. TikTok for that one. Can't wait for that. <laughs> okay, but Marwan, so can you explain like... Okay, so we've done our, our lifetimes, and now it's yeah. like our way out. How do, what does that look right. like? Okay, so you've done your lifetimes, which means you've balanced your Sanskaras to the best of your ability. Um, it's like the whole concept of, um, actually, probably the best word is lust, which is like not specifically sexual, but like um, the lowest form of like love is, is lust. So wanting to connect, but through the opposite means that one should be. Um, but also denying that, um, is not necessarily spiritually much better. So that's the duality. You go back and forth between indulgence and like mechanical repression. And both options do not lead to happiness for the soul, but they sort of meet in the middle eventually where you have, I guess, sort of like this blissful indifference towards both of them where you no longer need to indulge and you no longer need to repress yourself because you do not care anymore to express yourself in that way. And now the soul has reached an equilibrium but perfect equilibrium, as far as I understand, cannot be found completely by oneself. You get there and you're just kind of teetering in the middle, but there's still these vibrations running through you where it's like, you'll still sway one way or the other because you still have to involve yourself in life. And it's very hard to, to be indifferent to those workings mm. of life. And mm. um, you could even get up onto the planes by yourself, um, but you're still like involved, like you're still, experiencing these sense scares, you're still not ready to let go because you see now these the new heights of things, like the these beautiful energies and you could you could get stuck there, which would be what a must is. And eventually you need a like a real perfect master to come along and, and help you out. Who to erase those last couple bits of sense scares that are hanging around, which is usually like where you'll find yourself getting caught on the planes where you're almost indifferent to everything and you almost see what you want, but you can't help but to notice the beauty of what's bef what what is still illusion where must is at where you're still seeing these what lo looks so truthfully like God even though you know it's not quite God but you're seeing the much more vibrant expression of God than like we're currently seeing and then yeah a must will just kind of get stuck and whether you're veiled or not you could be doing that while you're veiled where you're just living a pretty normal life um, or you might actually be on the planes in a more literal manner you still need someone to come along and and free you from that to undo those last little 
um, like knots. Mm. And that's kind of like how it will look. Right? Like in theory, that's kind of like the point you'll get to at some, like uh, somewhere along those lifetimes. And yeah, Master will eventually uh, liberate you, I guess. Wow. As far as I understand. Can it. you explain what a must is? Just for anybody who doesn't know mm. that's listening. Right. Uh, must is a god intoxicated person. Um, so someone who is sort of stuck on the planes. It's almost like um, you can almost compare a must to like an addict in the way that, um, yeah, like, in, like everybody's seeking like this, this beauty of reality in one way or another. But um, one might get trapped into old, like basically convincing themselves that this beauty is to be found in this false outlet that looks very convincingly like something truthful. Um, so just like with a, an, a, a regular addict who is lost in the beauty of like a substance that will eventually, well, not lead to truth, but still intoxicated with that, that idea. It's, it's the same thing is true for must, but on a much more in-depth level where they got past like, like the beauty of like just pure, like the gross world, which is where we are currently. Um, um, a must still is just in illusion, but in a different sphere of illusion. So the subtle, I think a must would be only in the, the I believe only in the subtle sphere, not the mental sphere. Mental sphere person would, I think, not be trapped anymore uh, in the same way or not. I don't know. Actually, that I probably shouldn't speak too much to that. But basically someone on the plane who is so entranced by the experience of the planes that they uh, are still stuck and cannot mm. look further to God uh, because what they're seeing is so compelling. Mm. Wild. Interesting. So I work at work already. Somehow we already eat up like 42 minutes. With I know. I, really I just looked at the time. Oh, yeah, I guess we did. So yeah. I know. But can I ask, I mean, Michelle, I just, I know it's getting long. I just have like one more thing that I think would be like super helpful to have yeah. explained. Mm-hmm. Mary, oh, yeah. can you break down like each of the planes? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Just think of a chart here. Um, let me see if I can pull that up just to get my references. Thanks and just that. so everybody knows, in God Speaks. So I haven't read God Speaks personally, but that was like my bedtime stories when I was a kid. My dad thought that was like something that a child would want to listen to. And so I do know that in, in God Speaks, there are a bunch of charts that you can look at where everything that marijuana is explaining is available so marijuana's not just making this up he is getting (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's all very laid out almost in like a scientific manner it's all very technical um okay i don't know if i have a chart but i think i think i remember everything that i need to know um okay so um there's seven different planes uh that i guess one could be on um so like right now um we're we're in the I guess this is like, I guess considered separate from the seven planes, but I guess this is also a plane in its own right. But we're like in the gross sphere, which is our standard reality. Everything we see is kind of like, like we see it in in our, through our five different senses. Um, We're not really seeing the energy and stuff. We can still like get hints of that where we are like now when you feel a connection to people, it's still like, like subtle and mental energies like flowing through you but you're not seeing them in, in, as a reality. You're not seeing them as solid like, um, like an object is. It doesn't mean 
it's not grounded in reality in the same way that other stuff is. So you could very easily claim that those feelings are products of our imagination. Yeah. Um, but once you get onto the planes, you start experiencing those feelings as a reality. We, we already are feeling everything like that. Our, if you feel love towards somebody, you're actually, you know, feeling these energies from like the, um, from, from the higher planes, but just not seeing it as reality. So the first plane is one where you're still um, uh, connected towards, like to the gross reality, but now you're seeing bits and pieces of the, um, the first plane. We actually, we look for that chart again, because it does sum this up quite well. Let's see if there is like a, there's a whole chart yeah <laughs> i've seen this chart before it's very beautiful but it, it's it's hard for my uh my simpleton mind to understand yeah it's, uh, it's 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 all like <laughs> in this in this realm i feel like i do Let's see. it took my second attempt to try to find this i'm not confident that i will it's somewhere in god speaks right here that's all right. That's okay. There is a chart here. I don't know if one I was thinking of, but I think it is. Marky, while he's he's looking, what what plane do I think has... I'm on? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which plane <laughs> do you think you're on? No, I'm just kidding. I'm like one next to God realization. Yeah, definitely feeling like at least like a fourth plane area, you know, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. fourth plane vibes. Yeah. yeah, you know, I could probably like stop, oh, this... mm. stop some oh, cars. Yeah, I, just, I just met. I just met this person. I don't know. They were claiming to have fourth plane vibes, but I was only getting like third plane vibes. So, <laughs> I don't know. This one, that's a little low. It's a little low for me. That would that be would, a great Baba Skeeter. Kind of funny. Of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that actually would be. Um, okay. Second attempt has failed. So, I'll just like kind of note that um, I'm going at this from memory. So, yeah. Uh, definitely definitely check this. Check out the. <laughs> if you want to have the exact accurate information, definitely for any listeners, check out God Speaks. Because uh, I might. Make an error here, uh, here, there. Um, We're yeah, the first plane. Giving audience, oh, don't worry. Okay, it's okay, sounds, sounds good. I'm gonna start getting like some emails, like, "Hey, I checked God's piece. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it sounds like what you were saying happened in the second plane. It's actually the third plane, man. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to get canceled. Yeah. Oh shit, Baba, Baba cancellation. Uh, it's real out here. That that <laughs> means uh, that means you will never, uh, you will never. Get to the planes if, if you get canceled. Oh, is that true? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. true. Um, but yeah, so the first plane is um, more basic stuff. So you will start seeing and hearing. You'll start using your gross senses to perceive um, the uh, subtle sphere, which is kind of the second one. So there's a gross sphere, subtle sphere, then the mental sphere, which all contain a, a number of planes. Um, so you, in the first plane, you'll start, you'll still be like living in the gross world. You can still comprehend everything that you're seeing around you. 
you'll be in touch with everything, still talk to a person. You'll be doing it from this point of sort of like effortlessness where it's like, uh, you can almost compare it to like talking to a person in a video game where you're just at like much more confident now that um, it is of no consequence. Mm-hmm. and it becomes effortless then to sort of go about your daily tasks as they are so small to your actual best efforts that you can be very involved still in the workings of the world um, without having to t- take too much mind to them. You'll still be very capable. Um, but you'll start hearing, smelling, and seeing like these, these energies that are kind of spilling forth. And you'll be, be of course, very entrancing, and you will not really care about your world conditions and whatnot, even though you are still aware of them. Um, I think as I understand it, yeah, it's, uh, that just kind of increases up until the third plane where you're just starting to see all of this, all of the fabric of creation in this more energetic form. You're still very much of like the, like illusionary sphere, like the physical realities and the energetic realities. I think, as far as I understand, like, yeah, it's a subtle series more of the energies, like, um, like the makeup of, of the universe. And up until the third plane, you're just very, like, much in bliss, just in ecstasy, kind of being aware of these energies in a more real, real way. They're now solid to you, and you're entranced by them. And you can very easily get stuck in these three planes, where it just gets more and more beautiful as you go along. And then you are, I think, in the, once you're in the third plane, you're no longer really aware of your body. You're still moving throughout reality. And this is where a lot of musts will be, where it's just very just blissful and beautiful. And I don't believe you will really be affected by reality much. You will, don't think you will have much need to, I don't believe you'll have to eat or sleep or do anything really at this point. You just be like on the streets, just laughing and mm, having the great. best time. Yeah, it does, it does sound pretty good. I guess that's why it's, I mean, you get stuck there. You can easily get stuck there, but it doesn't sound like that bad of a place to be stuck. Although I suppose there is a reason why ultimately you don't want to be stuck there. Um, and the fourth plane is a particular one where it's like still of the subtle sphere, um, but now you have gained control over these energies that you've been in bliss by. The fourth plane... Um, is one where a soul now gains control over the, the energies of the universe and could actually create like new people or even whole universes. And often these people are in sort of like, like almost like spiritual pos- like positions in the hierarchy where they're being worked through by higher masters to sort of do the groundwork of the universe. But a person in this position actually might be very tempted to indulge in their powers, even though they've gotten so much closer to God than, than uh, anyone like, you know, down here in the regular old world, they're now once again tempted to, uh, tempted by illusion to um, sort of a, a making some sort of abuse of this power. Um, so this is sort of warning that's laid out in God Speaks, which sounds quite scary. Like if one in the fourth plane were to abuse this power they have, that they'd actually be sent back to being a stone again oh. but it sounds like this rarely happens that uh someone a, a higher master actually works through these people to prevent them from doing this 
it sounds like it's probably not really a, something that people need to be worried about. Not that worrying about it would do anything, but yeah. The fifth plane, you're completely safe. Now you're in an entirely new sphere of reality, which is the mental sphere. So like, as there is like this gross world and the energy like worlds that are just more perceivable outside of us, there's the world of the mind where all minds are kind of sort of connected on some sort of level, but it's an entirely new, much more sort of intricate world. And control over the mind is, of course, control over the world outside of the mind. Um, it's someone on the fifth plane um, need not control any of the realities we see as they can work through the people that are in our reality. They have complete influence and control over the whole world of the mind, basically any mind that exists um, out there. Um, so fifth planners, I think, do still have some work on this level that they sort of work through a lot of people on the fourth plane to like help them. And yeah, I think, and as you get to the sixth plane, I think this is um, a particular one where you have not found God consciousness, but you are like God adjacent. We're like looking and everything you see is God. You're not God yet. You don't feel quite that you're God, but you're looking God right in the eyes. You're like, like, it's kind of like looking at yourself in a mirror at this point, as far as I understand. Like, you're like, oh, that's me, but it's still a reflection of me. It's still not, I don't feel like this thing I'm looking at the mirror totally. It's still separate. Um, still, I'm sure, quite awesome. Awesome spot to be in. And, and then, um, seventh point, I believe, is just finally understanding yourself as God. I think you still have this essence of an individual. It's not like being in the beyond God, uh, God state quite yet. You're still like kind of you, but you're like now, you're like, okay, I am God. Oh. So it's not, you're still kind of in there, like not slowly your actual sense of self would, uh, I believe, fade. But now you kind of have both. Um, so yeah, that is, that is the uh, as best I can remember the process of the, uh, of, of the planes. So that's the journey of the soul. <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's wow. It wow. So that's you just told us like our future, basically. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a kind of like an oracle out here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No, I was I was kidding, but yeah, no, it's it's all kind of like um, when I don't know, like it's all it all kind of seems like a little not quite. Well, I'm not sure convoluted is the right word, but like it's all kind of like create. It's all like going like I just had to reread it over and over again to kind of like be like, well, what does this actually mean for us? But I don't. I still don't really know, but <laughs> at least I have a couple guesses, a couple interpretations. I think no, really I love like, this, and I love the way that you explain it because it's not like um, judgmental in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> or like, um, like I don't feel like you're like coming at it from like, oh, I totally get it, and like if you don't get it, like you're not <laughs> it, um, which has definitely been my experience in some other situations, mm-hmm. um, and so I really appreciate that because I feel like. I almost feel like listening whenever I start listening to stuff that's kind of like about the metaphysical and I felt this even in reading parts of God speaks too. like, it is more of just like also just like a meditation for my mind to like, Mm -hmm. let it see, see, see what I can get out of it, even if it doesn't fully make sense to me. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate this. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I'm always happy to talk about it. Always something I love to get like, like to to dig into because they're kind of is no way to figure it out 
and it just kind of like that process of just kind of like talking about it over and over again to try to figure it out but yeah it's like nobody really knows and if we did we probably wouldn't be in human form anymore like we're here because we don't know we're just trying to figure it out yeah I think the best. I feel like we should have an app. Sorry, go ahead, Marky. Oh no. (laughs) Well, just I mean, the best way to think about it is like, if this is how you like to talk about Baba, then that's great. That's like the purpose that it holds is it allows you to talk about Baba in a way that's like stimulating for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it's just like, just a different angle to kind of like keep Baba in one's thoughts, um, just to maintain interest in it. And however, like, like any, any anything that gets someone like thinking about God is equally valid. Like it's just anything that gets you to think about God is, is just an excellent thing to focus on. I think. Yeah. I love that. Michelle, what were you saying though? I cut you off. I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't think I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I was like trying to hold it in my head, but that I was listening to intensely. Um, Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I guess we're getting towards the end. This is probably like our longest podcast episode, actually. But, um, Marwan, Michelle has a question that she asks every one of our podcast guests. So I'm going to hand it okay. over to her to Sounds ask. Sounds really you. good. I'm excited to hear it. Oh, it's really difficult. It's a really hard <laughs> oh, Actually, okay. Okay. sometimes for some people it is. And so, but it's, I promise it's not meant to be. But my question for you, um, our question for you is, what is your message of hope? to anybody listening to this or anybody in the world who might need a message of hope right now? Um, I mean, just kind of like the, the message that I finally accepted that I was talking about at the beginning was like, like as much as you can convince yourself that there's a reason to worry, um, I guess try to imagine not worrying and trusting that that might actually be a plausible answer. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like, just fully stop worrying, but just start imagining that that is a reality, wow. that there is such a, a thing that maybe you don't have to, like maybe you really feel like you have to, and you're not going to get over that fast, but, or even at all fully, but that just, that maybe that that is a reality and maybe it's something you can start learning to trust that there's, there's not such a thing. There's not such an issue or, or a state of being where, worry is going to help you hmm. um, and you can still feel pain um, or sadness from situations um, but that you can finally trust that, that it is part of, of something bigger and that it doesn't just but, but that feeling bad and feeling in pain doesn't have to be um, something that's wrong that's something that's not supposed to be happening to you that, that it is actually taken care of in, in the realistic ways and that yeah just just kind of reminding yourself that once in a while is that's the best thing one can do at least at least that's what helped me a lot I love that yeah I like that Beautiful. you're not telling people like what's wrong with you stop worrying it's just like doesn't <laughs> have to be your life and I I like that I like that reality yeah and sometimes we need that permission like oh mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be your thing to worry like I feel like sometimes I really value that thank yeah. you yeah um, well Marijuana thank you so much for taking time to be on here and talk about 
God Speaks and mm-hmm. allow us to have a really cool podcast episode called Let's Get Met- Metaphysical because that's <laughs> definitely, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we typically close every podcast out with a beloved God prayer. Would okay. you be willing to take it away for us? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Beloved God. Help us all to love you more and more and more and more and still yet more till we become worthy of union with you and help us all to hold fast to Baba's Daman until the very end. Avatar, Meher Baba, Baba. DJ.